Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Divine Lantern, celebrating the nativity of the Theotokos. Thank you for tuning in. With the blessing of His Eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, the Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese presents a podcast to educate, empower and enrich. I'm Jonathan from the Antiochian Christian Youth and I'm your host for this week's episode. We'll start this special edition with the Epistle and Gospel reading before we delve deeper into the meaning of the Feast of the Church with a short summary. This will be followed by a reading from one of the Holy Fathers of the Church on the Nativity of the Theotokos. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. He hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. The reading from the Epistle of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brethren, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who thou he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. At that time, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went to Jesus and said, Lord, Dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. As Jesus said this, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore thee, and the breast that thou didst suck. But Jesus said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Glory to you, O Lord, glory to you.
The Feast of the Nativity of the Theotokos The Feast of the Nativity of Our Most Holy Lady, the Theotokos and Ever-Virgin Mary, is celebrated on the 8th of September each year. Her birth and early life are not recorded in the Bible, but can be found in a 2nd century work known as the Protevangelion, or the Book of James. In this book, and as is taught and celebrated in the Orthodox Church today, Mary's parents, Joachim and Anna, were a pious Jewish couple who were among those awaiting the promised Messiah. Joachim was a descendant of the royal line of David, of the tribe of Judah. Anna descended from the priestly tribe of Levi, and was the daughter of the priest Mathan and his wife Mary. Joachim and Anna were both old and without children. This was considered a mark of God's disfavor among the Jewish society at the time. Their faith, however, remained unshaken, and they continued to pray earnestly. One day, Joachim and Anna came to the temple to offer a sacrifice from their property. They were turned away by the high priest, who would not accept the offering, and admonished them for being childless. After this encounter, Joachim could not bring himself to enter his home, and went to the wilderness in shame and grief. He fasted and continued to pray that God might take pity on them and grant them children. His wife Anna returned to their house in Nazareth, and in all her pain and sorrow, continued to pray fervently, saying, Lord Almighty, with but a word you created heaven and earth and all things visible, enjoined your creations to live and multiply, blessed Sarah, the wife of Abraham, and she bore Isaac in her old age, bestowed upon Hannah a son, and she bore the prophet Samuel, grant me the fruit of my womb, and do not leave me as reproach among men. For should I bear a son or daughter, from my whole soul I will dedicate this child to you and give him to service in the temple of your glory. Hearing their prayers, God sent the archangel Gabriel to birth Joachim and Anna to announce that Anna would bear a child whose name would be Mary and would be known throughout all the world. Upon receiving this news, Joachim returned home in gladness to his wife and in time Anna bore a daughter, Mary. In answer to their prayers and as the reward of their unwavering fidelity to God, the elderly couple was blessed with a child who was destined, because of her own goodness and holiness, to become the mother of Christ, the Messiah they had been waiting for. The Nativity of the Theotokos is celebrated with the Divine Liturgy of Saint John Chrysostom on the morning of the feast, which is preceded by a matin service on the same morning and a Vesper service conducted on the evening before it. It is the first major feast to take place in the liturgical calendar and symbolizes the start of the journey to salvation for the world which was being prepared on earth by God himself through her birth. The Nativity of the Theotokos is a manifestation of her prefigurement all the way back in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 15, where Eve was told that her seed would crush the serpent's head. We are reminded in Galatians, chapter 4, that Christ, being born of a woman, is that seed, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. There are many phrases which describe our most holy Theotokos, like the vessel of light, the book of the word of life, the door to the orient, and the throne of wisdom. These titles are inspired by the message of the Bible, both the Old and New Testaments. The specific Bible readings in the services for the feast reflect the reverence Orthodox Christianity has for her. The Matins Gospel reading for this day 
is read at all feasts of the Theotokos and is the first chapter of Luke. It is where, at verse 47, Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. The epistle reading is in the Divine Liturgy and is from Philippians, chapter 2, which reminds us that God came to us in the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. The holy Theotokos bore him, as all mothers bear their children. And, like the Mantins Gospel, the Gospel reading in the Divine Liturgy is also read at all feasts of the Theotokos, and is Luke chapter 11. At verse 27, the woman in the crowd glorifies the mother of Jesus, and Christ himself responds that the same blessedness which his mother receives is for all who hear the word of God and keep it. The Theotokos has been revealed to us as an intercessor. By becoming the mother of God, Mary became our greatest intercessor and our heavenly mother. In every service we pray, Most Holy Theotokos save us. The nativity of the Theotokos glorifies not only her birth, but the Virgin Mary herself and her faithful and righteous parents. On this day, we celebrate that every Christian is able to receive what the Theotokos received through God's grace, the great mercy given to mankind because of Christ's birth from his virgin mother, the Traparion of the feast. Your nativity of Theotokos has proclaimed joy to all the universe, for from you is risen the Son of Righteousness, Christ our God. Having annulled the curse, he bestowed the blessing, having abolished death, he gave us eternal life. The Contachion of the Feast Joachim and Anna were freed from the reproach of childlessness, and Adam and Eve from the corruption of death, O Immaculate One, by your holy nativity, which your people redeemed from the guilt of offences, celebrate by crying to you. The barren woman gives birth to the Theotokos, the nourisher of our life. Oh
on the Nativity of the Theotokos, St. John Damascene. The birth of her, whose child was marvellous, was above nature and understanding, and it was salvation to the world. Her death was glorious and truly a sacred feast. The Father predestined her. The prophets foretold her through the Holy Ghost. His sanctifying power overshadowed her, cleansed and made her holy, and, as it were, predestined her. Then thou, word of the Father, not dwelling in place, didst invite the lowliness of our nature to be united to the immeasurable greatness of thy inscrutable Godhead. Thou who didst take flesh of the Blessed Virgin, vivified by a reasoning soul, having first abided in her undefiled and immaculate womb, creating thyself and causing her to exist in thee, didst become perfect man, not ceasing to be perfect God, equal to thy Father, but taking upon thyself our weakness through ineffable goodness. Through it thou art one Christ, one Lord, one Son of God, and man at the same time, perfect God and perfect man, holy God and holy man, one substance from two perfect natures, the Godhead and the manhood, and in two perfect natures, the divine and the human. God is not pure God, nor the man only man, but the Son of God and the incarnate God are one and the same God and man without confusion or division, uniting in himself substantially the attributes of both natures. Thus, he is at once uncreated and created, mortal and immortal, visible and invisible, in place and not in place. He has a divine will and a human will, a divine action and a human also, two powers of choosing, divine and human. He shows forth divine wonders and human affections, natural, I mean, and pure. Thou hast taken upon thyself, Lord, of thy great mercy, the state of Adam, as he was before the fall, body, soul, and mind, and all that they involve physically, so as to give me a perfect salvation. It is true indeed that what was not assumed was not healed. Having thus become the mediator between God and man, thou didst destroy enmity and lead back to thy father those who had deserted him, wanderers to their home, and those in darkness to the light. Thou didst bring pardon to the contrite, and didst change mortality into immortality. Thou didst deliver the world from the aberration of many gods, and didst make men the children of God, partakers of thy divine glory. Thou didst raise the human race, which was condemned to hell, above all power and majesty, and in thy person it is seated on the king's eternal throne. Who was the instrument of these infinite benefits exceeding all mind and comprehension, if not the mother and ever-virgin who bore thee? Let us consider who she is and whence she came, how she, the greatest and dearest of all God's gifts, was given to this world. Joachim and Anne were the parents of Mary. Joachim kept as strict a watch over his thoughts as a shepherd over his flock, having them entirely under his control. For the Lord God led him as a sheep, and he wanted for none of the best things. 
when I say best, let no one think I mean what is commonly acceptable to the multitude, that upon which greedy minds are fixed, the pleasures of life that can neither endure nor make their possessors better, nor confer real strength. They follow the downward course of human life and cease all in a moment, even if they abounded before. Far be it from us to cherish these things, nor is this the portion of those who fear God. But the good things, which are a matter of desire to those who possess true knowledge, delighting in God, and fruitful to their possessors, namely virtues, bearing fruit in due season, that is, in eternity, will reward with eternal life those who have laboured worthily and have persevered in their acquisition as far as possible. The labour goes before, eternal happiness follows. Joachim ever shepherded his thoughts in the place of pastures dwelling by contemplation on the words of sacred scripture, made glad on the restful waters of divine grace. Withdrawn from foolishness, he walked in the path of justice. And Anne, whose name means grace, was no less a companion in her life than a wife, blessed with all good gifts, though afflicted for a mystical reason with sterility. Grace in very truth remained sterile, not being able to produce fruit in the souls of men. Therefore, men declined from good and degenerated. There was not one of understanding, nor one who sought after God. Then, his divine goodness, taking pity on the work of his hands and wishing to save it, put an end to the mystical barrenness, that of Holy Anne, I mean. And she gave birth to a child, whose equal had never been created and never can be. The end of barrenness proved clearly that the world's sterility would cease and that the withered trunk would be crowned with a vigorous and mystical life. Hence, the mother of our Lord is announced. An angel foretells her birth. It was fitting that in this too, she, who was to be the human mother of the one true and living God, should be marked out above everyone else. Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of the Divine Lantern. This week on September 8, a Divine Liturgy will be held for the Nativity of the Theotokos at the Parish of St. Mary's Nativity in Mays Hill, located at 139 Burnett Street. In addition, under the auspices of His Eminence Metropolitan Basilios, Divine Lantern Publications is proud to present its partnership with Bisonfest 2022. Established in 2014, Bisonfest is an international film festival totally dedicated to Orthodox Christian cinema. It can be accessed via bisonfest.com, so stay tuned for more details. Please be sure to let your family and friends know about the Divine Lantern, and we hope to see you next week.